0: Hello. Hi, Marilyn. Hello, my friend. How are you? We're live on on the air right now. Oh, so am I. How's it going? (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Ah, you got a new show. We did a little movie show. I was hoping you would join me on uh, the movie show at some point. Talk about uh, one of the movies you like.
1: Oh, man. I wish I could. But you'd have to ask.
0: I, I wouldn't know how to ask. Ox, that's uh, awesome. Uh, so <laughs> like the, maybe The Big Lebowski? I, I like that movie a
1: lot. I would be totally happy to talk about that movie. Would you like it's to a, come on the show do it? Yes, Dan, I would like that very much. Okay. Um. So <clears throat> I'm sure somebody's already made this joke, but is that episode longer than the movie?
0: <laughs> yes, by about half an hour. <laughs> okay, no, no,
1: I, I'm sure it's a joke that like <clears throat> hundreds of people have already it's made. It's a lot longer. <laughs> I saw sh- the number and I went... Bruh. Yeah. I know Syracuse can go, but oh man! I, 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 uh, <clears throat> I not to, not
0: as much hostility from him though as usual. So it's it's a nice, it's a kinder, gentler John Syracuse. You get to hear him talk about something he likes.
1: Oh, totally, and it's the same as the incomparable. Uh yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a different man, and uh, I, I loved his disclaimer about you know <laughs> his, uh, how he's not like a you know a film student or something. He's right. just a fan. Just I love fan. that. I love that. He's got to be accurate
0: at all times.
1: Well, I made the mistake of flipping it on uh, and, and and listening before our program, and uh, and I, I'm only up to the squishy sound in the trunk. So <laughs> right, I, I need I need to set aside some time. And uh, I don't know, is it like one of those uh, Pink Floyd uh, Wizard of Oz deals? Like if I play, if I get some kind of digital
0: technology and play <laughs> Goodfellas at the right speed, could it be like a riff tracks type situation? <laughs> right. If it's line, if you start it exactly right, then no, actually no. I wanted to, but no. But I was thinking you'd be good, you'd be good to do the Lebowski because there's few people who, who know it and love it as much as you. Thank you.
1: Um, I also have issue not with you, but with uh, Jaser sir about uh, claiming Godfather 2 all to himself. That's like the guy who picks all the shrimp out of the Channel Main. Screw that
0: guy. <laughs> Look at me. I'm Jen Syracuse. So I get all the good movies. You know? You know, I'll take all the I'll take mm-hmm. all
1: the Kubrick ones that um, Gruber won't do. I'll no, take he,
0: John, you got them because John is, well. Jim Kudall needs. Uh, I'm sorry, I accidentally blooped you because I had to cough.
1: Wow, I'm sorry. Here, let me let me try that again. <coughs> I shot some hoops
0: this morning and I I drank water wrong. Oh yeah, now, I John, just now, John, I want to leave it open to Jim Kudall to do at least a a couple of the. He has not committed. I haven't even asked him, but. You know, right. I, want, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to block them all off. But yeah, John John Gruber has told me he he can't do them there too. He's too close to the metal.
1: I, I don't want to change the topic here, but I want to understand a little bit more about the, I mean, the whole notion of dibs for a topic. Oh, and like, is it like putting your towel on a chair? Is it like like how does that work? Like, you know what I mean? There's a whole thing up in, in the northeast of uh, you. You know about this, where if you dig out a spot for your car to park in in the snow, you put down a lawn chair and nobody's allowed to park there. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is true. I think this is big in Boston. I, I might have heard about it on Car Talk. You go out, you get your shovel, you get eight inches of snow or whatever, all right. maybe maybe two inches in the pool. Anyway, you, you dig out a spot, you get all the snow out and you put down a lawn chair. And that means everybody understands what that means. It's like, it's like the red velvet rope of Massachusetts. You are not allowed to go in that space. Or when you come out, you're going to have a nice uh, fresh uh, hole in your window.
0: That's what I hear. John Syracuse just messaged me something I was thinking at the exact moment he typed it. He says it's like putting a quarter on the arcade game cabinet. So you're you're up next. Perfect. You're staying there. You got and if you put up five quarters, you you got at least five games. And that's just enough. I knew kids that had no intention of playing that many games, but they'd put that up just to sort of ward off the hmm. other people, just keep hmm. them out of there.
1: No, is that speculation, shorting or arbitrage? Which one is that? <laughs> I'm never, I've never understood video games. I, I lost everything after Gorf. You guys talk about all your Bleak <laughs> Plops, zorp games with your with your Momorgs and wearing the Garth Brooks thing so you can talk to your friends in your room. I don't understand any of that. Gorf, you know. Uh, that was the night. one that talked to you. Uh-huh. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Try again, Space Cadet. I might have gotten the wording wrong. I'm sorry in advance. But um, yeah, the video games have me very confused. And, and so the notion of dibs. Dan Benjamin, how, how does this work? Is there is there some place where we should go and, and talk about this? Or I wasn't aware that I could call dibs on things.
0: I I don't know if there's maybe a cutoff like you can't do it hmm. after you're 13 years old, but hmm. dibs is important. It's like calling shotgun in a in a car.
1: This is like a lot like Twitter uh, with the with the, the with the retweets and the uh, the stupid hashtags. I think there was a point. I know this was true on pool tables, billiards, as you say. I think it was true on video games. Didn't they eventually introduce a little slotty dealy where you could put your quarter in? And like it was a little slidey dealy, it was uh, where you like you could say you were one, two, three, four, five and have quarters there so people could see what the cue was for that game. Mm. But how do I how do you know it's your quarter is the question. And does it move? Do we move them all forward? <sighs> I got a lot of problems with the 80s, Dan.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: So yeah. you know what I talk about when I say Gorf? How do you know that? How do you know Gorf? I played Gorf. What was your first video game you loved? Was it Star Wars? <laughs> Wait, who loved Star Wars? Was that Griber?
0: Yeah, I think he liked that one. No, uh, for me, the the first game that I remember really just being astounded by was Asteroids.
1: Oh, God. I wanted an Asteroids or a Robotron later on. A Robotron. Space Invaders,
0: but Robotron, no, that's a great game.
1: If I were rich today, I would buy Robotron um, in a heartbeat, partly because like, of all the main games... Uh, you really need the two. You need the right cabinet to yeah. play that. You need you, the joysticks,
0: and you need the cabinet with the the right volume and everything. Oh my god, that sound! If if we had any real fans, they would set us each up with one.
1: I I don't know if this is a compliment or a, or a slam, but Matt Howie, you know, he's gone. He went to the other side at one point. I think now that he's got you know a youngster, he had he made a mame cabinet. He and my dentist are the only people I know who made a mame cabinet so you go you know about this right yeah you can go you get a little computer you get the stuff and you can have a meme and I don't I I don't know how you keep a woman in your life with something like that Dan (laughs) I don't think you do you need a basement you need a a basement (laughs) that she doesn't need a secret basement and headphones you know hmm hmm (laughs) I don't know. I, I I like the Big Lebowski. I would like to talk about that. I, I'm I'm kind of bummed that I can't get in on, at least on a roundtable about the Godfather too. I understand he's got it all. To maybe himself. it needs maybe it needs to be a
0: roundtable, but I don't know. I don't think he's going to allow that. No, I don't think he he's, might not.
1: I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be a tough guy about
0: that. I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why'd you do that homepage alphabetically?
0: It's it's a bug. I'm f- trying to fix, but I can't fix it while I'm doing your show. Is that, is that a Rails problem? Well, it's in Rails. It's not a Rails problem. It's a Dan problem. It's a bug. It's a nice distinction. You want me to have a look? No, it's only been that way for 30 minutes. and I'll, I'll okay. Do we do a push or a pull? Which one should I do? Should I do a pull or a push? Well, you would, you would do a pull, and then mm-hmm. you would add and commit your changes, then you do a push, then a deploy.
1: Okay. What if I push and pull like 800 times in a minute? Wouldn't matter. It's, I know it's, people. Called, it's called overclocking? Well, I have another name for it. Mm-hmm. Did you know today's kind of our anniversary? It's our 50th episode, and our... friend
0: need to look this up. Are our you first sure it's episode, 50?
1: Wow. I think so. It's our 50th episode, and
0: I think our Well, it's first, not our 50th epi- episode. It's your 50th episode. I think
1: our first episode was almost on this date. It was mm. on January 18th, and is January 17th. So happy anniversary. We did it. Dang, almost, yeah. Or you and did people, it, really. And people thought... Merlin will not do this. He will not stick with it. They, they did said. say that. That was they what said people that. said. Mm-hmm. We should go back and listen to that again because I, I think we should bring that bring back the bell. You know, we, we <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: should...
1: <laughs> it, was, it was simpler times. Yeah. You know, but uh, but congratulations, Dan. It's I can't believe it's been uh, that long. Yeah, is that seem bananas? it is bananas. Hmm. So how long have you been doing this nonsense now? Like almost over two years now. You've been
0: doing this. This is a five by five deal. Full time. Yeah, more than two years now. <laughs> Ooh, you should see my shoes. <laughs> What's that from? I don't know what that's from. There is gunk and mung <clears> on this windshield. <throat> Filthy. Gunk and mung. <laughs> Fletch, it's Fletch.
1: Oh, 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 okay. I'll have to look that
0: up. <laughs> Everything's ball bearings now. What do you guys need a refresher course? Hey! <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just funny yeah I don't remember it's still that, good funny.
0: it's still hmm. good
1: it's still good uh, I think you know I got allergies so I'm a little under the weather so mm. I, I might be a little bit uh, little, I might be a foal I might be a small horse a little horse
0: um, do you have a topic for today? Now, somebody asked us a, somebody gave us one. Oh, tell me tell me by all means yeah, I'm looking see somebody told us and it was in Twitter and it just scrolls it scrolls right by
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's the problem
0: done a, done a it's called a hashtag yeah, they don't do that. Hmm. Hmm. What's what? Do you remember what it was? Can anybody? Uh... Oh, something about uh, something hmm. about like uh, getting late. What, what, how? Okay. I think this is it. I, I'll look, I'll look for the, the, uh, the person who actually tweeted this out while we, while we do the show. But the person said, what, what do you do if you feel, if you feel that you're, if you have a feeling you're about to be laid off? Oh, God. Ugh. I'd like to pass to Tony
1: Randall on that one. Yeah. Uh, I, mm, so that's sure my try. suggestion on that topic. Hmm. I feel uniquely unqualified to answer questions like that. You know, just, uh, I mean, you want to try? Should we give it a spin? No. It's a good, it's a good question. I, I'm happy to give it a spin. I okay. just, I, uh, well, you know, we could talk about it. I mean, well, first of all, there's certainly an element to that of like, why do you think that's going to be? Is it because other people got fired? Is it because you're getting the stink eye? Uh, is it because like uh, your key card doesn't work? <laughs> you know, yeah. it depends why you think. that. Now, why do you think, uh, re- read the mind of the Octothorpe and, and tell me, why, uh, tell me why, why that person's worried about it. I'm going to guess other people being laid off or rumors. I think a lot of anxiety is caused by rumors. In the absence of information, people will come up with their own stories. That's just how the human mind works. You said something really super cool on one of the shows, and I can't forget which I want to say, Marco, where you talked about, uh, it could be BS, I don't know. But you said something about how the human mind uh, perceives silence as danger.
0: Um, yeah, that was with Marco. I was talking to him about what he listens to. Oh, was it Marco? Yeah, there it was, it was Marco. Marco's
1: on the whole like programming and music.
0: Right? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Could you, could you summarize that? Because I thought it was really interesting. So here's what I've read. Uh, and And I've studied this topic a little bit the human the human Kate, okay, so we we live in typically most of us and, and and that would pretty much include everybody who understands what a podcast is so it's probably most of Anybody our who
1: audience has a way to listen to yes, this yes if
0: you're hearing us right now you're in probably this category and that is to say we live in a relatively unnatural state of being by being inside most of the time that's not the way that and and we'll just uh, let's just forgo the creation evolution discussion and and go with evolution for the sake of this argument. Uh, The way that human beings evolved or the way that we've been for most of our existence, we've been outside most of the time. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that being outside is a good thing when it's raining or very cold, but most of our time was spent outside and and even, you know, in the agricultural time periods and before that we spent a lot of time outdoors or in more uh, open air kind of settings. So, hearing nature, hearing sounds in nature, whether it's bugs, birds, you know, wind, trees, whatever, uh, we, were, we're, we are conditioned as human beings over a very, very long uh, history to hear the sounds of nature and to hear sounds generally, even if the sounds are, are, you know, animals, other human beings. We're not meant to live in what is comparatively completely isolated you know, even if you're in a cube and you're in a cube where there's other people, you know, the, mm-hmm. the kinds of noises that you have, you're sheltering yourself from that kind of sound, from that kind of noise. Worse, imagine if you were outside in a forest or in a jungle or wherever uh, where what what people would call tribal or, or primitive type people exist today, even though I don't think that's the right word to use. Um, like you mean oriental. That, that's a better word. Okay. That those people are exposed at all times to the sounds of nature. And I forget what it was. There was a great show. I think it was like one of those Discovery or National Geographic type shows where they have these two guys that go live with like people who live in still in this way today and try to see if they mm-hmm. can do it. And one of the things they say, like on the first night, they're like, everybody else is sleeping and neither of us can sleep because these <laughs> insects are completely outrageously loud. How is anyone sleeping with this? You know? And, it, but that's the thing. We are not supposed to exist in silence and now contrast that with the sound of your bedroom at night or the sound of your office if you're one of a few people in there or whatever it is that, that if you imagine the sound of you know your private office for example with the exception <laughs> of that train going by is is pretty darn quiet it's it's not natural to be mm-hmm. in that kind of silence and that kind of quiet and the theory behind this is this is, this is, you had me, at, you had me at 85% at this point, but when you said the next part, I went, oh my God, that is so freaking smart. Okay. Well, here's, here's the part you're yeah. probably talking about. And that mm-hmm. is that in nature, the only time things would ever be really silent, I'm not talking about quiet, like a little river running. No, I'm talking silent. It, the only thing that would make the birds and the insects and everything go dead silent is if there's a predator there. Is if there's some kind of imminent, immediate, danger so imagine Mm -hmm. it's late at night you've got the bugs going and you've got the little crickets chirping and little cicadas going and you know there's all little things and then all of a sudden there's this little crack in the grass Mm -hmm. some twig gets broke what is that that's the panther or the lion or whatever the heck is stalking you right now and everything gets quiet instantaneously and it might take it a few seconds before they make noise or something That predator could be you, by the way, hunting something else. But that sound or sudden lack of sound tells everything that could potentially be prey, including human beings, since Mm -hmm. we we were prey most of our existence. It tells us danger. And that causes a stress response and a stress reaction. And if you're you're putting yourself in a constant state of silence, something we've already pretty much established is not a natural state of being, That even at a very minimal level, you're introducing a potentially very minimal level of stress or anxiety because even though rationally, you know, I'm not in any danger, I'm just sitting in my office looking at a computer screen there is still a condition that your body and your subconscious mind and the, the the way that your hearing system works that's still feeding that slow, minimal level of stress and anxiety. And that's why so many people get stressed out. Well, one of the reasons. So many people get stressed out at work and in and they have that overreaction to what is potentially not that stressful of an external situation coming toward them that it, it, it's all sort of, Created because even at when nothing is going on, there's that little bit of stress that's mm-hmm. that's happening right there, and that's why you know many people are listening to music. That's better than listening to silence, but you never want to listen to just silence. You want to have some kind of noise, whether it's white noise or nature sounds or whatever. Yeah,
1: I that's that's uh, so interesting. I never thought it from that point of view. And it uh, as a slight uh, angle, it it it's also part of this weird mythology. I'm not sure when it started. I haven't had time Wikipedia yet, but the noble savage idea and this idea that must have started at some point after the age of reason where like, there's a certain purity to these people, these, these something, something people who like exchange beads and live in a tent and they're closer to nature and right. blah, 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 And it's like, it's the same idea that, that like, uh, it's like, you know, <laughs> ecotourism and camping today where you're like, I'm going to go out into this sanctuary where I can I can be a true you know human. And it's like what well, it sucks to be a true human. It sucks to be as you say prey. Right. But you know the fact is you go out there and if you go anywhere like you're describing like a rainforest, it's deafening. Yeah. It's totally deafening. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know the. I haven't obviously done a search on the um any kind of a documentation behind what you're saying, but it resonates with me, which is partly why we're a big white noise family. When when uh, <clears throat> when we first had a kid and we had neighbors that I uh, despised. Um, we, we, uh, who are very, I mean, they didn't mean to be loud, but it's hard not to be loud, you know, in an old house. So we had white noise, uh, either we have white noise generators, those little ones you can get on Amazon yeah. that are kind of weird looking. Um, but we also had, <laughs> one time I looked at the most played MP3s in iTunes. Um, I once had, <laughs> talk about the first world. I once had one of those little square iPod shuffles, um, with nothing but the sound of a dryer on it. So one MP3 of like a clothes dryer on it that we could just put on repeat and we'd have that over speakers. Like wherever we were, we just plug that in somewhere and, and your kid can sleep. There's all different ones. Some people like fans, some people like some of those. But I, I totally agree with you in the sense that if, if, there's not, if there's no sound, well, first of all, in our case, you're going to hear a lot more sounds because there's nothing to um, mask the stuff you don't want to hear. Like some people talk about white noise. Now, if you're a pro at this, you also know there's pink noise mm, and yes, brown, noise. brown noise. I'm a brown noise man because brown noise knocks out a lot of those rumbly lower registers that I find more distracting, like the sound of the moocs uh, you know, our neighbor, uh, the MOOC neighbors, right. Uh, team acts, uh, y- you don't hear them as much because it takes out some of the rumble of people who are on steroids and will probably fail out of college. You don't hear that as much if you got the brown noise. White noise is great, but it's real high. Pink noise is nice because it covers the range, but it's in the service of saying, you know, it- it's not like I don't want to know about dangers, but it keeps me more focused on whatever I'm doing. And for me, that might be writing for my kid. That might be sleep. Um, and I love that, but the the so the reason I ask you about that the original uh, point so to speak is um, think about altered states
0: you know the movie? movie
1: yeah think about when he became
0: about, like the monkey man
1: yeah well that's it is that what it was called monkey man think, think of the Rolling Stones what's that called <laughs> is that some girls what's that on what's that on I like that rock soft song I'm a monkey hmm I'm a monkey man yeah <laughs> it sounds like one of those DC comics they would cancel... <laughs> <laughs> all new adventures of monkey bat <laughs> um I'm thinking of what happens inside of an office believe it or not it took all that time to get back to the original question uh, from DJ Octathorpe, which is um worrying about being laid off I, I we've talked since the beginning I actually did go back and listen to some of our old episodes just to kind of catch up on where we started and to become suddenly aware about how I talk about the same thing over and over which I've probably said before but um there there's that there's that thing you have of this this sort of anxiety, and especially you know, that you worry about the work and what's gonna happen and what's gonna be next. And uh especially in E5, where I was talking about, you know, Dave. Yeah. And and that becoming small inside of an office. Well, that small doesn't just mean becoming petty and it doesn't just mean becoming um shrill and suspicious. That smallness can in a large smallness in a larger sense means a loss of context, right? And you can mangle that word into a lot of things, but I think of context as the ability to take any one thing, especially the thing you're focusing on and obsessing about and look at it next to other things. Right? So I don't know if that makes any sense on the face of it, but context to me in in setting aside the GTD version of context being tools or opportunities or whatever, to me context is the ability to have some perspective about something by seeing how it fits into this larger uh, horizon, right? Uh, It's not so far off like uh, bad statistics or bad statisticians trying to cherry pick data by showing one data point rather than a trend line, rather to show one month rather than five years. You know what I mean? And if you're at the office and you cherry pick, whether it's a dirty look in the the hallway or it's uh, three layoffs in the office that are kind of near the division you do, your mind starts racing. And you might have every reason in the world to worry about that. Um, I'm not persuaded that that's going to help you more than trying to keep it in context. But this goes back to altered states. It goes back to, you ever saw those horrible pictures that first came out of Gitmo where they would capture the guys and put them in the orange suits and they put goggles on them and like noise-proof headphones. It was really screwed up. Yeah. So they went in and sweep into some village and grab everybody with brown skin who didn't have a job and put these things on them and basically torture them. Right. Sensory deprivation is a form of torture. Oh, for sure. It's... And so just to take your silence thing to, to a logical or illogical conclusion, if you are actually devoid of input, you start to lose your mind a lot more quickly than you would think. Far from being the noble savage in the sanctuary of nature, you lose your freaking mind because you start hallucinating. You start Things start happening. People who have been in solitary confinement or in the dark for a long time talk about these, these just horrible things that happen to you. You know, you stick somebody into one of those, uh, you know, supermax prisons or whatever, and you're not allowed to have a pencil and paper or something. What happens? You just sit there, and there's no input. And so, I'm not a, you know, brain guy. I'm not a neurologist, but I think one thing that happens is, is yes, you do hallucinate, and that hallucination might be that uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Ben Kenobi shows up and tells you to go to Dagobah. I don't know, but but in the absence of information, even in the comfort of an air conditioned office. With a white noise machine, in the absence of information, we will fill in our own details. We have this brilliant, creative organ in our head, whose job it is to find stories, find reasons. Right? Think about how many things in your life—not your life, but in one's life—you look at in retrospect and try to see the narrative that that fits into. Oh, this happens because I. This happened because I did that. That didn't happen because this other person did this. When in fact, it it might be way more random than that. And plus, you might be heavily cherry picking from all of the data that's available to create this story. If you've ever had one of those things you thought you knew since you were three, (laughs) you ever have these memories, these kind of like weird Oprah memories where you think you've known something for a really long time? And so it's like, oh, that's just because Uncle John was an alcoholic. And you go, what? And (laughs) suddenly you realign this entire like 30 or 40 years of memories. I don't have an Uncle John. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's what in an office. I think when people worry about layoffs, it is uh, or something I'm guessing. And this could go for anything. You start filling in the details. And let's be honest, it benefits your employer to keep you worried about that in some cases. Mm. Um because like the reaction to the crickets going silent, there's a certain kind of lizard brain reaction to that which is self-preservation, fear, vigilance, anxiety, all of the things that I said this the other day in a talk, <laughs> it makes you want to, how can I paraphrase this? We talked about this once before, the lizard brain thing where you want to scream, poop, and run. Because <laughs> that's what an animal does when it's threatened. First it screams, it goes, ah, and take off. You want to be lighter, you want your, your autonomic system kicks or your, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? The, uh, the um, hormones with the uh, excitement. The, uh, adrenaline? Adrenaline hormone. I thought it.
0: this was another one of your tests. <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet for a while and see if you hallucinate. Damn. No, it's not going to happen. I don't read comic books during the show. We
1: read, uh, we read a comic last night. I think my kid might be into comics. Why is it so hard to find stuff from Marvel, like normal Marvel comics? Why is it so hard to find normal Marvel comics on all the store stuff? Oh, Online? Why, why, why wouldn't you just have all of the X-Men up? You just go buy the X-Men.
0: Yeah. Why, you gotta go why, buy the, why does the stop? papers.
1: Why doesn't it stop at like 90 something? Why, what, is, what is happening? Why would they do that? <laughs> why can't I buy like X-Men 110 for my daughter? What kind of world are we living in?
0: I don't know. Don't answer
1: that. Okay. <sighs> I know I was like that at that job <clears throat> at, at various times because, um, this, is not, this is boring, but I, I, maybe it's not boring because I think it gets to something that we all do, which is that we try and fill in the details. Right there's that line in uh, what is it? All the president's men. I think I might mangle this on three levels. But you know, if you go to sleep and there's no snow on the ground, and you wake up in the morning and there's snow on the ground, you can reasonably draw a conclusion that it snowed while you were asleep. Right. That seems really, really rational. Mm. But there are things that in our life that can create a lot of anxiety and fear and like I say, over vigilance that feel just that logical and may not be. You know, so that could be the CBT kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's, first of all, identify, that took what, how many minutes, half an hour to get to that. If, if you are worried about that you're going to get laid off, um, I would look at it in context and I would try to understand, how, a la CBT, how much real information you have that that is the case. Um, I don't want to spoil the ending, but if you really are about to get laid off, well, uh, what would you do if you got laid off today? Think about that. I mean, rather than sitting there and going like, "I wonder if this will happen," why don't you, you know, <laughs> why don't you start thinking of a strategy for how you're going to get a spoon and start digging? You know, if 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 you've got if that's causing you anxiety, that seems like a fantastic time to sit down with a mind map and ask yourself what your options are. You know, one of them could be set the place on fire. Another one could be uh, be depressed for three years. But it's not a bad time to start beating back that fear by forcing yourself to walk through all the things that could happen, and then you can look at all that on a giant piece of paper and go. You know, either, wow, this is something I might want to do differently, or this could be an opportunity, or if you're really super cool, you could go to your boss and say, um, boy, I'm getting a lot of signals that there's going to be layoffs here. Is there anything you can do to talk to me about that? What would you do? If I've had... uh, Well, I've been there, man. Well, yeah, but... Just start panicking.
0: Just start panicking. That's what you
1: do. Totally. But it sounds like as you got more of the experience and expertise... (laughs) in this morning to one of the episodes, I think five, where you said, um, <laughs> you wouldn't bring stuff to work so that <laughs> my impression was you could basically turn to a person, smile, grab your car keys and <laughs> walk
0: Yeah, out. no, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you what, you know, maybe that comes from my experience as doing essentially being like a consultant, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a long, a longer term. That's what they used to call us. It. It's basically like you know, it, it, a really long term temp, but you have, you know, usually like a developer or something like that. So you're not doing like typical temp work. You're doing but you the made, kind of You work made a great distinction
1: that I'd never completely
0: put my head around, which is on the one you got this larger thing called that
1: I would call client services. Right. And under the ages of client services, you've got people like me back in the day who I would say were freelance. Right. And freelance to me is you're going gig to gig. And so I would sometimes um, equate that with Contract work. I think you were doing more of real contract work, which is like, hi, we're a company. We've got this really talented programmer guy, and you can have him for six months for this much money. Yeah, Isn't that's it? exactly. That's, yeah, and they would they would pay different. They pay me, from they'd pay me by, for by by oh, the yeah.
0: hour, right? So I was getting paid by the hour, but they weren't paying me directly. They were paying the company that placed me right there. But there was no intention of it going beyond the length of the contract, unless they extend the contract or wanted to hire me away from the company or whatever.
1: I, I you know, I um. Now that I'm Johnny First World, I mean, yeah. I remember at my dot-com job, and again, I had this job for like, I had the job per se for what, a year, a year and a half? Well, first of all, it started out as precisely what you just described, which was like pretty good dough long for a long term, like we're just going to want you to do this for a while kind of thing. Right. You know, freelance jobs, I think are slightly different and they tend to be very, my, in the past for me, a freelance job taxonomically meant that there is a thing we need you to make or help make, which should kind of happen by this date, right? And that's the scope of the project is time, time, budget, and features for this thing. And when that's done, we shake hands and say goodbye, hopefully. Whereas the contract thing is more like, well, we just know we need you around for a while. It might be part of this project. You know what I mean? But yeah. in your case, he you says you had a lot of those where it became offers and you could then choose one way or another. My .com job, though, I mean, it was clear. The, the writing was on the wall, mm. you know. for It was so obvious in, what was that, March... March of two thousand, whatever it was, driving back from Menlo Park every day, I'd be listening to you know, Marketplace, the second, you know, six thirty, six o'clock, six thirty version of Marketplace would come on. And I'd be listening to it and you hear like, Oh, the Dow's up fifty gajillion points again and everybody's buying a slide for their office and buying wearing flip flops <laughs> that free or whatever, you know, and hey, big day for beans today. And then it seemed like in retrospect, it felt like just like a few weeks before like it was like it was clear things were going poorly. Mm. And, and nothing, nothing made this clearer to me than, oh, this is so embarrassing. I used to be with FM. What, is, what was Patel's big magazine? Um, not Red Herring. Business 2.0. Now, what was Patel's what was big magazine? Ray Gun. Comp- Ray Gun. Ray Gun. I think you're thinking of uh, Nikki Ray that punk rock band. I can't believe. I'm so sorry, John Patel, who I'm sure doesn't listen to this. John Patel magazine. This is so embarrassing. It wasn't wire, Wired. It was, uh, oh my God. Ink. Cut all this out. Industry standard. Huh.
0: Industry never, I've never, i never heard of that. Oh my
1: god! It was, it was, it was the bathroom required bathroom reading in Menlo Park. And believe me, our our, our biz dev guy would go in there. He would ruin that bathroom while he read the entire industry standard. Industry uh. standard started out, and it was, it was kind of like the what. You guys can tell me if this is right or not, but it really was the. I don't know. As as, as Playboy was to Jack jet- it, I think uh, the industry standard was to the dot com boom. And it started out as a little magazine and had reporting. And then suddenly, the industry standard became giant. It was like half an inch thick. It was ridiculous. It was, it was it was it was had so many ads for all. I wish I could find one today because the ads were completely ridiculous. It was all dot coms. You know what was that one? Was it called Flake dot com? There was like at one point there was uh, <laughs> the Best of Breed Enterprise Serial Portal. I mean, there was all this stuff where you're just like, really. And then just as quickly, probably around that time, it got thinner and thinner and thinner until it looked like the TV guide from your local paper. And you knew things were, were going bad. And I, I've told you this story. Like my old boss, Giles, I was forever looking to him for assurances of one kind or another until it, com- it really eclipsed the actual work that I did. I was so obsessed with what would happen if I lost my cushy, overpaid job. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I was you know, scrambling to distinguish myself because if the axe fell down, it wasn't going to matter how good I was. It was a zero or a one, right? We were going to be millionaires or out of business. That's, that's the kind of ridiculous businesses that these were. Wow, I'm older than John Patel. That's really depressing. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Weird. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the answer to that is, but the fear and the anxiety are not going to improve your work Here's the fine from my own part. The, um, the fear and the anxiety are not going to improve your work and they're not going to make you any more secure. They're going to make you less secure because they're going to give you uh, a, a tummy ache and they're going to make you distracted and you're going to lose anything resembling a position of strength because because what? I mean, what can you do? Well, Like I said, you can either ask for information and sometimes not getting information when you ask is a great indication <laughs> or you could try to be a little more transitive about it and say, well... What what's my contingency plan? Because you know, unless you unless you work for your mom and like she's really in into like funding you, that's like what a job is. A job is they pay you because they see the value in what you do, and if they no longer either see that value or they just simply can't afford the value, like what are they going to do? You know what I mean? It's 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 not you know East Germany. You're not going to get a check for showing up. It's I mean, what, what what can be done? Wow, it's depressing, Dan. What yeah, we what, are you, do? what are you doing? Yeah. So, what you know?
0: What you should do? You should, you should, uh, you should find an income muse. <clears throat> you know, what mm. I, I told a friend of mine who did get laid off unexpectedly. Mm. What's that? I said, uh, you know, look at this as an opportunity, because if you work for yourself, you cannot get fired again. Mm-hmm. You're you the only way. People often think that the 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 life of a freelancer, by the way, it's one of the hardest lives you can have. I, I can't do it. I just, I had to stop doing it. it it's, horrible. it's horrible. It's <laughs> horrible. But if you run your own business or even if you have a freelance business, it's for the first time, really your income and success will be directly tied to your performance, really tied to your performance in a way that you can yeah. never really get. I mean, you know, maybe like if you're like a salesperson, but you, you know what I'm saying? If you come up with something great and it's not successful, in other words, it doesn't turn a profit or it doesn't, then really it's your fault. And it, it's really generally, I mean, you don't agree with that?
1: You should do a show with this guy, Stu Mashwitz. I can't uh, I think I mentioned, pronounce that. Neither can I. I think I just said it wrong. It's Stu, is that how you say it? Stu, that you know I can. That, um, it's like soup. You hmm. You mean sopa? It's very confusing, you know. Soap. I think you're thinking
0: XMLRPC.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Dave Warner co invented that, right? It's REST You got soap. Soap is soup. No, I'm. You need to lay down. No, I'm all right. Okay. So, hmm. And that's an API. Sopa is soup. Hamon is ham. Habon is soap. Habon para platos. Okay. And that's a, that's a that's a hamon yeah, extra means extra ham. Hmm. How do you order ham soup? It's hamon sopa? Is there such a thing? I don't know. I just, I wouldn't want to eat a big freaking bowl of soup. Uh, start over. Good week. It's big week. Whew, huge week. I kind of agree with you. Um, the stew guy is really interesting. I was on a podcast with him a while back and he, he's really super, he did that DV rebels guide. If you ever saw that
0: book a few years ago about shooting your own, you know, in the early days of digital video. Oh yeah. No, I know what you're talking about, but I yeah, didn't, I didn't read that or see Was it a video or a book that he did? It was a, it was a book. I heard about uh, this thing. Is this real? Can you buy this still?
1: Yes, and he also... What is he it said called? DV Rebels Guide? DV... Rebels Handbook, something D. like that? DV Rebels, Rebels Handbook. He's, he's listened to the show in the past. Yeah, there it is. Stu. Yeah. You know what else he did? What? Actually, you know, we'll link to this we'll a podcast on Scruffy Thinking. I was on with him one time uh, with uh, Kenan Flowers, I believe his An name
0: all-digital approach to making killer action movies on the cheap paperback. You want know, to know what he did? What? You want to know what he did?
1: What? you know when they had the scene with the uh, where they replaced the scene they never used from uh, episode four where they turned then they turned the dude into Job with a puppet and then he Hans talking to him yeah he did uh, walking over uh, Jabba's tail <laughs> really yeah yeah That's yeah claim to fame right there I- I'll stop right there except to say this guy's super talented and he's well known super well known but go and listen to that podcast <laughs> So there's some Lucas stories there. I don't feel comfortable sharing, but are very funny. He said, he said something along the lines of, because we do talk about the Lucas stuff, right? Something along the lines of if you're in a room with George and George goes, you know what? We should add a uh, hundred and twenty frames of two droids hitting each other with sticks in front of this. scene. Everybody looks at each other and goes, we can do that. You know, that that's life with George. Yeah. I mean, this fall on NBC, um, Stu is famous for being this guy where he says, if you have lunch with me, you'll quit your job by the end of the day. And I, I, um, I really enjoyed that interview with, with, uh, that the did with, with him and me because it's funny because as much as I feel like I come off sometimes as quit your job guy. Sometimes? No. Well, I mean, if you go back and listen to the show like I have, like every you would time. know that like, I'm actually frequently on the other side of that. Really? <clears throat> uh, absolutely. I'm going to have to if, check this out. Read, read it back. Please Read back the record. Uh, can you read back what we had? <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I should make a motion to tell you something I like. Um, the uh, uh, I I I think that's kind of true, Dan. But the part that I... There's two things I blanch about. Well, I mean, the one thing is... Blanch about? Is that right? Is that the one from Golden Girls? am I thinking of Maude.
0: <laughs> what is that blanch about? What does that mean? Blanch about? Yeah.
1: Oh, it was a popular BBC show in the 1970s with puppets. Blanch? I got nothing. The... Uh, there's a couple problems with that statement. I, I, my own, like, mm, makes me a little edgy when you... So what were you saying? You're saying essentially you quit your job, you always work for yourself, and you got nobody to blame but yourself.
0: Right. I'm saying, I'm saying if you get laid off enough times or fired enough times or whatever, mm-hmm. eventually your takeaway is that either, you know, you need to do better when you work for somebody else or, it, you know, it comes back down to the job security thing. And there, mm-hmm. there is a myth, I think, that having a job and working really hard at your job and doing really well at your job and, and being in good favor with those uh, higher above you in the hierarchy that, that those things equals job security working for a company. That's a big company that seems stable equals job security. Certainly this is what my grandparents believed. I would say probably what my parents believed to some degree, but, I think it's still out there. It was certainly I've felt that way and believed that for for many years early in my career. That oh look, I'm working for this big company and like look at how big this building is and how many people are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm doing a good job. I work hard. My boss likes me. That my boss's boss likes them. I, I'm not going to get laid off. And then you get laid off. You know, you and and fifty other people, mm-hmm. and you're like, whoa, how did that happen? A whole department gets removed. Oh, we're outsourcing to India. That was the big thing. You know, we're outsourcing this to India. And, and, and I mean, that happened. It's a, it's a thing that happened. It happened a lot. And the concept that, oh, I am, I have a, secu- I have security because of these things. The only, the, first of all, there is no such thing as security. There is no such thing as job security, no matter what. But I feel like you have more security if you are more directly in charge of, how it is you really make money? And I remember I had a, a friend of mine. And he was all he was a, a, a he is an amazing software developer, far smarter than really one of the smartest people I've ever ever known. Uh, and he is he was constantly saying the amount of of work and effort that you put in, or the ability that you may have to create something amazing. Those things are typically not rewarded. What's rewarded is that you show up at nine and that you leave at five and that you eat lunch at your desk. Mm-hmm. That's what's rewarded.
1: I, I don't disagree mostly with anything you're saying. And we I think we've actually addressed a lot of this on previous episodes. So I don't, I don't want you to think, and you're putting it in a very articulate way, which I like. I don't disagree with any of that. But does that go just for programmers and tech people or does it go for everybody? Tell me more. What do you mean? Well, I think what you're implying is if you are a talented and evolving developer for example or designer or any of the typical you know jackals who listen to this show then if you're good at what you do and you've kept up you should be able to well let's not even say that i don't think we i don't think that's even implied in what you're saying i think you're implying like programmer tech job people you should be able to take that somewhere else or are you only talking about people who are really talented or are you talking about anybody who does tech
0: that's a that's a fair distinction to make i mean i i think I think it's that's a really interesting way to look at it. Is are we talking? It gets about more just interesting.
1: It gets more interesting in a second.
0: Okay, keep going.
1: What if you have been in, uh, in accounts payable, accounts payable in a newspaper for twenty years? Should mm. you go on your own? Like what? What if it's your? How job? close to
0: retirement are you? I don't know. So you're saying you're now you're afraid of being laid off, and you're you're in that person in that role. Well, I think a blanket statement.
1: I think a blanket statement about like all you got to do is, hey, that's awesome, man. Go quit your job and get out there, and nobody but you is to blame. Well, uh, remember, I told
0: this to the guy that had just got laid off.
1: Well, I, and all I'm not I'm saying, saying is I would say is this, this to you. Or this is or, another classic example, though, of what what you could call that's fine for my own or fine for Dan in this case, which is that you know, uh, of course, as always, this advice is not applicable for everyone. <laughs> right. But also that there are some kinds of jobs that are very tough to turn into working on your own. Yeah. Yes, you could become a bookkeeper. Uh, yeah, you could do a lot of stuff that involves similar stuff, but it's not nearly the same as cobbling together enough project management skills to go out on your own and make Rails programs. So, and, and I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to trick you or something, but I, I just think that for a lot of people, it, it is harder than that. It's not as simple as, yeah. did you ever hear Gruber talk about, um, is it the Philadelphia Inquirer? Is that the big paper? Yes. I think he... I forget what his job was. There was like an intern or something. But ask him sometime to describe where they put the papers on the truck. It, you know, it's, it's his story, so I'll let him tell it. But I think in a night, it's something like... You walk into this place, it's just completely cavernous. Where every day, like tons and tons of paper are put on the trucks that drive away and move the paper from one place to another. And to, to use the sense of awe that you get in a building like that today is, would be offset only by realizing like, what What a different galaxy that is mm-hmm. in terms of today's economy, you know? It would be, like, in the place where they're, like, you know, pressing Lady Gaga CDs. And you go, like, I'm sure these will sell somewhere, but, like, these, uh, these represent, you know, Lady Gaga, you know, in the same way as, like, a, a drawing you get at the state fair represents your child. It's, this is, <laughs> this is so far off, you know, the, the legacy of that is, is so far off. So, I mean... Part of the trouble is also, yeah, I mean, the economy still blows. It's it's been getting better, according to NPR. But still, if you haven't had a, you know, you judge the economy by how well you're doing, I think, by and large. So that fear gets you. And I I don't know if there's a simple solution. I don't even know if there's a slightly harder solution of saying, like, oh, I'll just take my show on the road. Because you could be older. Let's say you're in sales. I'm sorry. Let's say you're in sales. Let's say you're even in sales in a a market or a... um, I'm trying to avoid seeing vertical space <laughs> in a field where people still buy stuff. Well, anybody who's over 50 will tell you how freaking hard it is to get a job. Yeah. My mother-in-law um, won a suit against a place who let her go because of her age, and she could prove it. I mean, it, but she's tenacious. You don't want to screw with my mother-in-law. No way. Oh, my God. God, she's awesome. She just spontaneously speaks French. It's intoxicating. And, um... <laughs> but, you know, but I I... Do we want to assume for the sake of our argument, oh my God, as we go into like hour three, we'll come back in a second, but do we want to assume for the advice we give on this that we're talking to somebody who's probably a nerd worried about losing a zero and one kind of tech job?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, in my opinion, in my mind, what I'm talking, to, I'm talking to listeners of this show. Not right. like I, I their spouses. Like I said, I wasn't trying to fool
1: you or anything. Oh, no, really?
0: Hmm, was I? I don't know. Was this your card? <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> hmm, hmm. You know, I showed I showed the, that to the boy over the weekend. Ghostbusters. The original, yeah. Is there a, is there? You mean like the first one or the remake? Is there a remake? Oh, I think they had to redact some of the uh, Ray Parker Jr. music and get uh, Ray Parker Senior.
1: <laughs> it was a really ugly thing. It was like a Marvin Gaye type situation. Oh, hmm. and what do you think? Well, I, I'm guessing it.
0: Certain parts of it, does I didn't
1: age well. Doesn't age well. I'm just guessing. Not
0: really. There certain. I only showed him certain parts of it. I couldn't show him. You know, obviously the. There's certain there's certain scenes with the gatekeeper and the keymaster you don't want a four year old to see. But I think you're thinking
1: of Sigourney Weaver.
0: Yes, I am. Oh, I um, am
1: you why know, I'm thinking so hard. Mm,
0: I got it's got some fast development cycles right now. Push pull push pull. But like the scene with the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and Gozer, that's pretty watchable. That looks pretty good. It still stands up. I mean, the effects with the with the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, where he's sort of stomping on things, it, the cuts in it are kind of bad. And but it's still it makes for a fun. And the Ecto one. Oh, oh, he loves the Ecto. Oh, he loves the Ecto 1. Oh, the little the thing that eats the hot dogs? <laughs> no, that's Slimer. What's an Ecto? The Ecto 1 is their is their car, the converted uh oh, it an old school an ambulance thing, yeah. Yeah. I like that any pots.
1: Huh. <laughs> you would.
0: I would. I, I
1: And you do. Hmm. I chip that cup. I uh Go ahead. You know, you should show him. He's, thank you, uh, first time gear. Uh, He's four, like like my daughter, right? You should show him American Gigolo.
0: It's amazing how well that film has aged. (laughs) Right. Well, that's queued up right (laughs) after Taxi Driver.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The special special edition. Yeah, the special edition. Color temperature and gave him hair. Yeah. They gave him hair.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a long story.
1: Uh, Can I tell you about something I like?
0: I would love to hear about
1: that. Okay. I like this uh, this, uh, smile software. They make this thing called
0: Text Expander that I like a lot. I have a question for you about text expander. Yeah, go ahead, caller. When you do, I want to talk to you about apostrophes specifically. Do you do you care about apostrophes in terms of making it Smarty Pants? Like, yeah, doing do, because it's nice if you use Markdown and Smarty Pants and things that when you're writing something for the web that it'll automatically turn the quotes in and things. But what about like if you're typing in an email or you're typing something in where where you don't you're not going to be parsing the text.
1: Well, uh, do you worry about that? I do care, but I'd also like to uh, explain the Esperanto to English version of what you just said, Thank which you. is that there actually are different typographical signals, uh, st- typographic uh, characters for what you might call a straight co- quote or a curly quote or a tick. Or a not a guillemet. What's the what's the thing that like for seven inch records? You know those things? Those are all different or like one inch. Those yeah. are all actually different. And most of us, in a way that drives Gruber crazy, use the straight quote for all of those. And so there's an HTML, for example, you can have what is it? I think there's a couple ways to do it. You can do the ampersand, I want to say is it something twenty-one, twenty and twenty-one?
0: Yeah, 20, you can and that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, twenty-one
1: is that's the pretty age. good. Pretty yeah. good for an old guy.
0: Or yeah, so 8, two or just two one, I think is what
1: it is. Ampersand Q U O T. Um, semicolon. Well, <laughs> Good thing I gave you the English explanation of that. Yeah, but, you thank know, you for clearing this up. If you're somebody who cares about that stuff, uh, y- you know that there's a difference. And, uh, and it looks a lot better. Um, I don't worry about that in email. Um, and I don't worry about that in any place where I worry if it would handle it. Because, just because it's, for me, it's superstition over the years. I've seen so many things like that turn up with the box with an X in it. Because it didn't handle the same encoding oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, true. and it sucks. Boss. But if you do straight quotes, you're much more likely—is that low ASCII or whatever it's called? Like you're, you're much more likely to have it not look screwy somewhere. Um, you know, I've had in some of my different blog uh, engines I've used, I would use either I would put curly quotes into like a title, and it comes out as looking really weird. So, um, but what you're describing—I I think Dan, what you're describing is context for knowing when to make. A double quote, like, you know, a quotation mark into left or right curly quotes. Yes. Because there is crazy logic. That's one thing that makes Gruber's Smarty Pants so interesting is it's pretty good at sussing out what it should be. Smarty Pants takes all that straightforward um, punctuation and turns it into the proper, like, typesetting ones. It'll turn, you know, make M dashes, N dashes correctly uh, out of Markdown in particular. I don't do that. You know what I was trying for a while using Text Expander? Um Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm bringing it up again. I thought we were over this. Uh, usage? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I was going with the English punctuation style for a while. And to get myself into the swing of things, I had a text thing that would change um, period, qu- question, p- period,
0: period quote question. Period quote and period double yeah. quote into a quote double period. Double yeah. quote
1: period. I looked at it like three times. And even though logically it makes a gajillion times more sense to me, it still just looked wrong. So yeah. I'd turn it off. I do a lot of things like that to that, like correct dumb errors I use TextExpander, uh, the first thing I ever did, I think, in Text Expander that I do to this day is change Melrin to Merlin. Because <laughs> I am constantly typing my own name as Melren, because apparently I'm insane. <laughs> and nothing, nothing harms your credibility with a stranger or a friend quite so much as misspelling your own first name. <laughs> right. I thought your name was Michelle with three L's. No, no, I just type it that way because I'm dumb, you know? Uh... <laughs> I think Texas expander is great for stuff like that. And what's neat is, I, if memory serves, if, I think this is still the case, it ships with a, a set a folder full of snippets that will actually correct a lot of common things like that. I also have one that I love a lot. Um, and there's lots of people do this different ways, but I have one that will take care of turning all the different... It'll make all the different symbols for you on the fly. This is easy enough to do in TextMate. But if you want to register trademark and don't know option three, or, or uh, I'm sorry, you want you know the little R in a circle, or if you, do, if, if you don't know that a TM typographically
0: is, I think, option two.
1: Is that right? I think that's correct. I can't do it without doing it.
0: Yeah, you got to do it. It's muscle memory at this point for you.
1: <clears throat> I think it's two. I screwed up my key bindings. I what did you trip. do? My key bindings. I, you know, my, what the, did um, you
0: do? this so, an so, 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 R? Oh, yeah, I
1: think I, I oh, got, got these new key bindings. I think I might be an assembler. Hmm. But this is what Text expander is great for. Now, the, the obvious ones uh, that Text expander is great for are for all these tips, things you use over and over again, the classic being things like boilerplate language for contracts, uh, signatures for email, and things like that. But um, it's weird because like any good life hack thing, the more you use it and the more you think about it, the more you'll discover you can use it for. Um, I, think you, I think you, I don't know, sometimes you've seen my blog. I've added a couple. I have I read that thing
0: like crazy. I can't get
1: enough of that thing. Thank you, Dan. I'm so glad. I have, uh, let's see here, SDI. Talking about 43
0: folders or something
1: else? Yeah, it's frequently updated. Uh, SDI spells out sorry. I don't argue on the internet. Uh, (laughs) Numeral five, sorry, is sorry to lose you as a listener, which I suggested that you do as well. Um, here's a good one if I type O-N-B-R-I-A-R it types what's your address over there you're over on Briar right some more. <laughs> these because things I that you, so you type a no, lot I used it so much and what do you think it's for you <laughs> I used it so much inside and then my favorite one right now which I encourage everyone to get is I believe it's T-T-U which types in I think you're thinking of oh mm, you get lots of these I use these uh, I use these for URLs I type 43F and it makes 43 folders I've told you these before, but if you're not using these, you're 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 monkey balls. You got to use these things. EMMG is my email address, and what's great—just two super fast things—is that I love that are non-obvious for people who think this just types strings. Like you know, like on iOS, I always just type strings. Um, it, it will not do things like like a straight you know like a line of stuff. There's no returns or anything. It just types a bunch of letters and numbers. But this is smart. You know, you can put tabs and enter and return into it as snippet. Did you know that? Ah, uh, how do you do that? Do you hold down Option to make that work? Um, in mine, I believe it is. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this sounds harder than it is. It's just a, it's just a menu, in when you're building these, but um, uh, percent key colon and then tab adds a tab. Mm. Percent key colon return makes and then um, percent as the closing variable thing. That's, that sounds way more complicated than it's me. actually not. That it's crazy simple to do, but yeah, tab and return. So um, I think Text Expander, um, our friends at Smile, would heavily discourage you on a thousand levers for using things like uh, HDXs realm passwords. Never, ever, ever, ever do that. They will tell you. Um, when I have to agree, oh, here's one. Wall-e. If I type wall dash e, it replaces with the uh, little inter. Correct. <laughs> Dan, why is my world so broken? <laughs> I want to make sure Wally is correct. So it types not a bullet, but it types the exact little dot from the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Van Hoot. I want to type V A N space H O O T. It replaces it and makes the the um the ligature of OE in the correct way. Oh, very nice. And the other one I want to tell you real quick that uh, you know, I just I I want to return to quickly is date math. Um so, you can do things like instead of, like, how many times have you wanted to do stuff like relative dates?
0: Yeah, all, all say, the time. Yesterday, two days ago, a week mm-hmm. ago, two months past.
1: Yeah. And there's like all kinds of ways you can do that on a, you know, in, a, in an app and stuff. But for example, sometimes this is one silly example. Sometimes I really, 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 really just want to see unread email in my Gmail inbox, <clears throat> unread email in the important inbox from just the last 24 hours. Mm. And you know what? As far as I know, there's no way to bookmark that page because it doesn't do things like relative dates. Maybe it does. In my experience, it does not do that. So you know what I do? I have I type gday one gday one, and it fills in a URL, and you uses date math to drop in today's date as the place to search from. Ah, uh, this is great. I've got all kinds. I got a snippet for when I uh, do top secret uploads uh, to some kind of a nonce folder on Dropbox where it automatically says. This is a long one, but like I have a Hazel thing that automatically removes sensitive stuff after thirty six hours, oh. and this says, "Okay, this will be available here until diddly-diddly, and it pops in what that date and time is thirty six hours from now. Stuff like that. If you're doing stuff like that, this is what a life hack is, guys. If you do anything more than a couple times, like why would you? Why would you ever be typing the same thing over and over if you can avoid it? Um, and so that's what that's for. That's what it's. it's, uh, it's a great thing. I love it. I love it. If I didn't have it, it's like Quicksilver now for me. Where if I don't have Text Expander, I just I feel stupid. I open up an iOS app, and if it doesn't use Text Expander, I close it because it just makes me crazy. Uh, you can get Text Expander for your Mac, for your iOS devices, and I highly
0: recommend it because it's the best thing ever. You use it, right? I do. I, I have a question for you though that a listener asked me, and I thought we should just address it here. Hmm? And that is, how does this work on your phone? Because if you're using an iPhone or an iOS device, you can you type you know, like your your work address, maybe you have abbreviated as W-W-O-R-K, so you can type that. Is that how it works on the iOS device?
1: Um, There are differences. Well, there are differences between the iOS and the Mac one. The the biggest one I could think of is that, is that uh, pretty much whatever snippets you have that are just straight up, you know, even the date math stuff, that'll all work fine inside of your iOS app. Because your iOS app does not, to my knowledge, have things like Ruby and Perl right, on exactly, it, yeah. Or Shell. Like, you, you can't drop Shell scripts in. Like, and I, let's be honest, <laughs> how many people who are not really big nerds are, are using that? Um, I mean, I am. I've got some, you know, some really cool scripts. And it doesn't do, iOS, right at this point, does not do, there's no such thing as like a pop-up. So you can't do the fill-in field stuff, but everything else works fine. Um And what's funny is, I mean, I really adapt the kinds of, there's certain shortcuts that I, or snippets that I use a lot on my phone and rarely on the the desktop and vice versa. And there's a bunch that I use on both. Like I say, F-date. Give me a Unix date right here as a stamp. Mm. S-D-A-T-E. Give me a standard, you know, ISO or whatever of today's date. Right. Um, Does that answer the question? Not really. Sure. Hmm. Well, you've got these. Here's the thing. Like I like to say in my talks, I I don't care what you care about, but you should. Like there are things like this that that if you thought about it, you'd realize you're wasting time on or wasting keystrokes or introducing errors, right? If there's stuff that you just, you know, rather it worked a different way, you can totally hack that in here. You can even change what they call the delimiters. This has gone on too long. Um, What I'm looking for right now though is the page on the Smile site, Smile software site that tells you you know, go to the Small Software site because it's really good. And it's got tons of helpful things on how to make all these things. Um, and like all the best stuff, you don't have to learn all this on the first day. Just go in and just do something like correcting the spelling of your own name. You're going to see a benefit in that already. Um, and uh, and we really would like you to check it out. So go to uh, SmileSoftware.com slash B2W and you will see the range of fine products that the Small folks have there? Um, looks like Grooves used it too. He put up a uh, he put up a screenshot. I'm being that creepy guy now. Um, he put up a screenshot, and I saw the little uh, T E up in the uh, menu gotta bar. have it.
0: I, do you judge people based on what items they have in their menu bar?
1: I judge people based on so many things. But quietly, <laughs> sometimes silently. Yeah.
0: Um, they may not.
1: They'll probably never know. Uh, but if they do, it's not going to be good. Oh. I judge a lot. I judge a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of what I really, really, really judge about. What? Oh, reality what? TV. Reality TV. Uh, tattoos.
0: Re- wait. No, no, no. BMWs. Yeah. What about the? T- <laughs> what about the tattoo? What do you? What do you like? Can I or beg not you like? to literally. Can I beg you to literally not get me started on that? No, let's hear it. Just get
1: a shirt. Small software. Uh, smallsoftwarecom uh, BTW. We're very grateful to them, and uh, we thank them for the support of five x five and back to work. Gitmo. That's no good. You don't want to go there. It's like being a little kennel. It's hard. It's hard to be a special flower when you're at Gitmo, I'm telling you. Is that all closed now? They close that whole thing down. It's, it's like a, like a shaky's Pizza now, right? I I don't... I'm not qualified to answer. You follow the news. You're a big, big follower of the news, right? No.
0: Hmm. Not that kind of news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find, poli- I find politics. You follow politics not closely? Not at all. I'm. I mean, it's... It, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm apolitical, but it's it's not in my day-to-day thinking ever. Oh, man. That should be a show.
1: You know what? Dan, well, he captured we,
0: that. That should be a show.
1: That's all right. Mm-hmm, I'm going to write down here on a card. Yeah, that's, no, sh- that, that should it. be a show. Tungle it. Mm-hmm. Tungle it, tangle <clears throat> it up. I, like like most things with computers, I thought I understood tungle, and now I'm not sure that I do.
0: No, I, you don't. She's just get a notebook.
1: Um do you still want to, want to finish up more on the uh, job thing? I would really like to answer this kid's question. Okay, read it back. I'm out of tea. I'm, I had some tea and now I'm out of water, so I'm drinking cold water. Do you drink coffee in the morning? Yeah, not as much as I used to. Why? Because uh, I take ADD medicine, don't need it. Or why do I drink
0: it, period? I said too much. Hmm. So does the ADD medicine have the same effect as the coffee? You
1: should go back and listen to... Uh, Is that what you're trying to uh, tell me? S1E3. s S1 one I think it's E3. Is that the second arrow? The problem is that people, a lot of, I'm not a doctor, but people who have some flavor of uh, ADHD will find themselves self-medicating by taking some kind of a stimulant and which basically mimics uh, the, uh, it mimics the effects or mimics the behavior of having a normal mind. Right, mm-hmm. you've got to like you've got to sort of prime your engine to get revved up to this certain level before life makes sense. This is why some people, you know, uh like Marco talks about how he likes to listen to music. Well, some people like can't work without having Facebook open and can't work without ha- you know what I mean? Yeah. If they were to just sit down and do one thing, they would lose their mind. Because, you know, there, there's a dopamine problem going on. And I used to self-medicate heavily with things like coffee. When I got to work that job with Dave, I would get in before everybody else. There's me and Dr. Freeman were the only ones that were ever in there you know, we'd be the only ones in the office. I'd make a a pot of coffee with two. Boy, did they hate this at the office. This was, they had to put out a memo. I would use two of those packs instead of one. You know what I'm talking about? Where you rip open the cellophane thing and you get the little, oh, pack, yeah, drop. yeah. That little, that little panty of coffee. I would, I would make it with two of those. And then Richard and I would drink that. I would drink uh, most of a pot of coffee and then I'd have most of another pot of coffee. <sighs> you know? Because that's uh I mean it's but it's like buying lifts for your shoes. I mean, yeah, technically you're taller, but you're really still like five six. And and that's the thing, is like when I started getting you know something like treatment for this, I uh I didn't feel the need to drink a pot of coffee anymore. That's why I like the uh jasmine tea. Hmm. Brown coffee. Uh terrible. Between, I always get the address wrong. What is it? It's between uh, 21st and 22nd? Oh, over by the uh, in and out Burger on Camrose? Oh, I think you're yeah, out there on uh, Briar. Read back the question, Dan. What was the question? What do, what was,
0: I, what do I do <clears throat> if I have the feeling that I'm about to be laid off? What do I do?
1: What do I do to feel less scared? What do I do to make sure I don't get laid off? What do I do to decide what job I'd rather have? Mm. These are different ways of uh, me oversimplifying that by trying to change the question. But really, those are really very different questions. Um, and, and like so many things on here, if we don't get a little bit Syracuse about what we're actually talking about, it's very easy to sound like we're being glib or general. I, I don't want you to lose your job, dude. <laughs> I don't want anybody to lose their job. To have the option of going independent... Versus being forced into it because, again, you work for the Enquirer and nobody needs somebody to load newspapers on a truck as much. You know, I don't. I don't want anybody to lose their job, but I don't have any control over that, and you know, neither do you. Um, but, but your brain is going to fill in those details and is going to run run off in its own direction with anxiety if you don't either tolerate that kind of um, amount of unknown or. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's, it's, you, 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 it's like nailing jelly to a tree. You're never going to get enough of anything to feel secure all the time. Like you said, Dan, like there's no, not, there's not really any such thing as job security, right? Not really. No. I mean, who has job security? Nobody. You know, even, uh, even, uh, you know, a mob boss can get bumped off. Somebody who owns the business, owns like a giant company, uh, could have, could be obviated by some different technology or something. um, I'll tell you what I think about, it <clears throat> doesn't answer the question, but it, it gets to the deeper issue. Again, for the fourth time, back to that job I used to have, <clears throat> when I had a jo- I'm so sorry. I, you know, I got to tell you, I need a new solution for allergy things. Because my life is becoming unmanageable, Dan.
0: I'm really, really sorry to hear that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I got some of the pseudoephedrine. You know, when you go buy a pseudoephedrine in California, you got to show your driver's license. I
0: think that's everywhere. So you won't make the myth. Yeah, I think it's the everywhere
1: though. I think a lot of the really really high-scale meth dealers are probably going in there and and, and See, this is why Goodfellas is great because it shows you that that's not the way to make meth, right? You don't you don't do these crimes a the little at time. You go steal a go goddamn truck full of stuff. That's that's how you do this. So kids, really what I'm saying is if you're worried about losing your job, please try making meth with something besides things at Walgreens. I felt like at that job I got complacent and so I stopped thinking about my resume. It had never occurred to me to go off on my own again like I had after college. <clears throat> so I lived in like extreme fear of losing that job. When I was at that dot com job, I went from being like, you know, Mr. On Top of the World to like, oh my God, I'm living in California and won't have a job very, very, very quickly. Um, but in, in each of those cases, uh, it was a certain amount of complacency, being very pleased with myself and where I am and living inside of that illusion that there is something such as job security. Uh, a slightly different angle on what you said about how if you're on your own, you're responsible, or like you're to blame if it doesn't work or whatever. Right. Well, <clears throat> the other nice part of being on your own, or the harrowing part, um, let me put it this way: what 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 can be awesome or awful about being on your own is having to resell yourself constantly. Mm. You've got, constantly got to like show the value of what you do to people who are in a position to potentially pay you. Right. If you had to go in and re interview for your own job with was it the Bobs? <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it every day, and, like, <laughs> right. what would just say? If you had to do that every day, you'd that's be pretty bummed But when you're on your own, that's what you got to do, and it sucks. You know, I've gotten to the point though where I realize if I have to convince somebody that what I'm doing is valuable, it's never going to work out. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm never going to convince somebody that what I do. If I have to educate you on that, and this this is arrogant, but it's turned out to be true for me. <clears throat> if I have to educate you on the value of what I do, I'm already, I've already lost my position of strength. And it's already told me that it's a bad match and that you're not familiar enough with what I do that I would have to like tell you why that's a good idea. And why am I arrogant about that? Because I've just seen the number of times where that didn't pan out because I had to sit there and go, well, lots of people on the internet like me. You know, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Either you're going to find this valuable or you're not. But the other good thing about being on your own is that you do have to keep your resume updated, so to speak, right? You're only as good as like what you've done recently in some ways, which is why I like try doing slightly different things from time to time and seeing if this would work or that would work. But if you're in a really comfortable job and you are like that guy in office space, you know, (laughs) when he has to go to the bobs and explain what his job is, it's really obvious that his job security comes from a really farcical place. Because his job was never really necessary in the first place, and then of course he proves that he would be terrible at it anyway because he yells at them. And I think that's what happens when you're inside of a job. So that, you know maybe there's a better question than what do I do if I think I'm going to get laid off? Well, what you can do if you're going to get laid off is go talk to your boss like a grown up and say what's going on here. Like, uh, is this going to be over with? And if it's really a problem, they'll probably say, um, well, you know, you'll find out with everyone else. <laughs> But like, what do you do inside of that to change the situation, right? It's like praying a hurricane away. Like that's that's not what you can do. So instead, I would say with the time that you've got, if you think you can distinguish yourself in a way that will help you keep your job, that's great. But in the same way that I don't like working for people who are questioning whether I'm valuable, you might want to ask yourself if you want to work in a place where they're questioning whether you're valuable. And on a scarier level, you might want to ask yourself whether you want to live a life where you're worried how much that matters to other people because in the end even more than freedom and all that stuff it's really nice to work in an environment or for people where you don't have to constantly prove that so even if you held on to that quote-unquote secure job for 20 years would you be a happier like better off person does that that's pretty weird right no i think that's good sense no that's very good i can i can put a finer point on it please No matter what you do, no matter what you're doing right now, if you're looking at two options and you have a sense of what the short to medium term difference is, say you reach a fork in the road and they say, okay, well, either you can continue as a practitioner here um, working on development inside the company, or you can work for just a tiny bit more money and develop as well as manage. That's just one example. But if something like that came along, you know, and let's be honest, that could be because they just fired a bunch of people and they need you to work more and cover this other stuff, Whatever. But this happens to us all the time. We're at a fork in the road and we go, oh, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? The question that I, I like asking myself and I encourage other people to ask themselves is based on this change, what am I going to get more of out of this? Now, if it's you get a ton more money and a ton less work, like that's a no-brainer, right? Obviously, it seems like an obvious thing. But like if you go, this company clearly doesn't respect what our team does. This company clearly, in my opinion, does, does not value the product that we contribute to. That budget keeps going down. And clearly, the R&D direction that we're going with this is going to take things in. Well, if you're you're getting a job as a manager because your business unit just got cut in half, ask yourself if getting a lot more of that is actually a good thing. So to, to simplify this point, whatever you're getting a lot of right now, ask if you'd like to have 10 times more of that because that's one way to decide what your options should be. Mm. If you're stuck in this job and you're terrified to be fired, do you want to be terrified to be fired for 10 more years? Because you might be there for 10 years. How crazy would that be? And the entire time, you know, you've got the runs and can't sleep because you're worried about losing your job. Maybe have a little more respect for yourself and say like, what am I worthy of? And if what you're worthy of is having that job, fight for it. Um, If you're not worthy of that, then you'll be fine. You'll just be tossed on the waves. But if you take it from a more transitive position of saying, this is really my deal and nobody here is going to hold my dick for me, like, you get a completely different point of view. Yes, that happens to be the opinion that a lot of entrepreneurs have. Sometimes in this Emperor Palpatine kind of way to their their detriment, right? You become really arrogant about that. You think everything's going to go your way. But like, what if you became an entrepreneur even at your own job? What if you said the success of this is going to bank on... How, how well I do my job. Mm. If you work your behind off and it's still not getting better, is that your fault? Well, maybe it's time for you to move somewhere else. And now you've got the skills and you've produced enough stuff that you can take that with you. Put that on a resume, get other shots. I don't know. I don't think there's an easy answer to that. But I, I, Dan, we got to come up with a clever name with that because I think it's almost an interesting idea. The uh, Do you want 10 times more of this? If you've got a lot of responsibility and expectations for a job where you're not making that much dough and you see a fork in the road where you might get 10 times more of that, is that going to be a great thing? If you're not feeling respected by the people that you really think should be acknowledging and respecting what you do, like how is that a great job to worry about? Yeah. That's an awful thing. Could I say one more thing I like? Yeah. And then we can do a wrap up. <clears throat> I had a topic for today, too. It's probably really long considering that I had a topic. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Do you ever use the web? Do you mean like the, the one on the internet? I guess so. I mean, I don't know. It's no. A port, not, port, port, I mean, a, l- yeah. a little bit, but... Hmm.
1: hmm. I really like this thing called Squarespace. It's Squarespace.com. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And I'm starting to think the more the more effective uh, thing that I can do here is to keep these things uh, short. I'll just mix it up sometimes with that. So I'm going to say go to Squarespace.com slash back to work, which is one word. And uh, I'm going to go with the the, the super simple... Obvious thing in case you this is the first time you've heard the show uh, when you're in, uh, and that's just the simplicity of getting set up and using stuff like their templates. They've recently added some new templates um that are are just are just beautiful um on on the um on the last episode of the show, uh, my co-host and I were talking about the early days of blog engines, things like movable type, things like blogger and when I went and listened back to that, and I heard myself saying like how I miss movable type, you know I really do miss movable type in a lot of ways, especially the movable type of like the golden period. But I realized how much like I don't miss so many asks, not of movable type per se, but of hosting my own thing per se. I love the, the abstraction that we have gotten to where you can think about the stuff you want to write and that's a completely different realm or mode than thinking about how you want your site to look. If you just want to write, 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 you can sit there on a web page. You can sit there in Mars Edit. You can probably slap together something to do this in TextMate. You just put words and pictures in a place you want it to go and then when you want to change the way your site looks, you click a little button and say, I want to change the way it looks. I pick this and it all changes. Like To me, that's like a magical different world. You don't have to go somewhere and change the name of a folder to something and then change that in a config file, right? I know you can do this now today with control panels, but like that's never going to break. If you don't change that CSS and screw it up, it's not going to break. It's just going to work. And I, I think that's... I think, it's, I think it's remarkable how much this stuff has evolved over the years. And uh, like I said, Dan, it's why I'm moving a lot of my stuff to Squarespace. And I continue to spend lots of time in there because I, I trust them. And it is solid. It is easy to use. And it's uh, pretty as heck. And so you can go to uh, squarespace.com slash back to work. I believe, Dan, am I correct? This is still the month of one? Yes, it's still the month of one. <laughs> and we have uh, we have a code that will get you a discount. Do you remember the code off the top of your head?
0: Uh, it's Something with Merlin, Merlin this, Merlin. This. I believe it's, I believe it's, is, is, it, is it so angry? Is that correct? So, is it still? Is it fine for Merlin? Is it so angry?
1: I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking. Is the caller there? I can find this in a second. We gotta, I look for, I look for Lil Ryan. His, uh, his mom and dad are uh, typing for him on these. <laughs> <laughs> handsome, handsome Lil Ryan. That sounds like the least successful white rapper of Offer
0: ever. code, offer code for January. Offer code. Big week.
1: That's why right, we're big week now. Dan, I think I'm having a stroke. Time is moving too fast.
0: 30% off for 90 days. And in parentheses, it says three months. I think you're misreading that. There's no way that could be true. It is true.
1: They got to be losing their shirts on
0: this. Hm. I don't, yeah. I mean, I guess they are, but they want to do nice. something for the listeners. You
1: don't think they wear those Ed Hardy shirts, do you? Oh. Add that to my list. Is that what like happens? a hair
0: shirt? Oh, I wish. No. Do you have that? Do you wear a hair shirt? Hm. I've had a couple. Ooh. Yeah. What, is it, what does that mean? Oh, hair shirt. Uh, I think it's a very uncomfortable
1: shirt that you wear in penitence uh, to the Lord because uh, you believe in original sin and you think you should be uncomfortable. Really? Mm-hmm. Hair yeah, it's shirt. A lot, it's, a lot, it's a lot like being from the Midwest. Hair shirt. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Uh, we thank them very much, including Lil Ryan. We thank them for uh, supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Yeah, there's this whole thing in Christianity about uh, what do they call it? Uh, to induce eth- some
0: degree of discomfort or pain as a sign of repentance and atonement.
1: Yeah, like look for something like mortification of the Like a job. This
0: is like a, having a
1: job. It's a lot like a job. A job is like a hair shirt in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I think Milton talked about that. Um, Goat's hair. Hmm. I had a really good topic. I'll save it for next week. What is it? Do you want to drop it? Slipping and sliding. Woo-hoo! We're not, we don't have time
0: to do a three-hour episode, do we? It's like when they say you're supposed to imagine your power animal and you see the penguin and he says slide. Hmm. Or just Meredith? I think you're thinking of uh, Sopa. Hmm. Isn't it funny? There's a place called Turkey, but we eat turkey. What is the deal with that? You drive on the park when you park on the driveway. Who's coming up with this stuff? You know, my kid said to me four years old, he said, this is my chest, but pirates have a different kind of chest. Oh, that's so good. That's so, oh, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. My daughter's
1: marrying the Phantom Menace. Just to spite me. Stupid kid. Um, have we talked enough about that or should we wrap anything up? Let's wrap it up. Hmm. I think you're thinking of Phantom of the Opera, by the way. Jobs make you small, Dan. Jobs can be very empowering and when you get a job, it feels so good because it's like getting picked for kickball. You know? You feel like you're in this in this whole range of people, but then they bring you in, they tell you how much you're going to get paid, they tell you where you're going to sit, uh, they give you the manual, you sign a bunch of forms, and... It's like that line from the, uh, from the Wire, you know? It's like when, uh, uh, what's his head? Um, God damn, I need to drink more tea. The, uh, the Wire guy, what's his name? Bald guy, what's his name? Oh, uh, Stanley Tucci. That's the one. He says uh, in the very first uh, scene in the DVD commentary from S1E1. I've,
0: I've never seen that. Never watched it. Okay, we're not going to talk about that now. It's too violent.
1: I think he says something along the lines of um, The Wire is, let me just look this up, it'll take a second. Tell me what else you haven't seen.
0: Uh, I haven't seen all of the the Game of Thrones yet, so don't ruin it for me.
1: Oh, I saw a little. Of that I saw that with the uh, the engineer guy, the Dinklage. Is, his, is, that, is that the Dinklage?
0: Is that his name? What's his name? I don't know. That's his... Peter Dinklage?
1: Is that him? I don't know. Peter Dinklage? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that real? That's awesome. Is this, this the Peter... After
1: Dark or is this still the show? No, I can't no, tell. No, no, no. I was going to read Whoa, you. Whoa, uh,
0: 325. This... <whistles> yeah,
1: should we go? Woo! Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, David Simon, he says um,
0: Paul Simon is who you're thinking of
1: I think you're thinking of uh, Amy Irving, she's the one married to Steven Spielberg um, he says the show is quote, really about the American city and about how we live together it's about how institutions have an effect on individuals whether one is a cop, a longshoreman a drug dealer, a politician, a judge, or a lawyer all are ultimately compromised and must contend with whatever institution they are committed to so in some ways a, a really weird sick Merlin man way of thinking about life is deciding who's allowed to corrupt you Whose system is allowed to be the one that guides your cognition and action and decision-making? As I've said in some recent talks, who's allowed to make you scared? Like, who's allowed to put you in a position where you're asking what to do if you get laid off? This is very high-level stuff. But if you ever make it past that fear that you have right now about losing your job, brace yourself because you're going to be scared of that stuff all the time forever. There's always going to be something else you're scared of. It's never a question of making that fear go away. It is a question of saying like, who's allowed to screw with me? Who's allowed me? Who's allowed to make me feel bad? Who's allowed to make me stay up at night, even when I'm not clocked in and who's allowed to make my lizard brain kick in in such a way that even though I know I should be operating from a position power, I'm going to supplicate myself to this organization Uh, just on the basis of being scared about what they might do to me. And I think if you're not asking yourself those questions, you're going to just ask yourself what happens if you get laid off. Because what's going to happen is you'll survive. You'll live. And maybe you'll be better than those people one day.
0: Jim. Daniel, you want to button this up? Yeah, let's do it. Happy anniversary, my friend. Hey, you too, Merlin. I love you. Love you too.